0: Chapter twenty of Murder at Bridge. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Carl, St. Louis, Missouri, september two thousand seven. Murder at Bridge by Anne Austin. Chapter twenty. It was Wednesday evening, four whole days since Nita Lee Selim, Broadway dancer, had been murdered while she was dummy at bridge. Plainclothesmen in pairs, day and night shifts, still guarded the lonely house in Primrose Meadows, but Dundee had taken no interest in the actual scene of the crime, since Carraway, fingerprint expert, had reported negatively upon the secret shelf between Nita's bedroom closet and the guest closet. As far as any tangible evidence went only Dundee's fingers had pressed upon the pivoting panel and explored the narrow shelf. The very lack of fingerprints had, of course, confirmed Dundee's belief that the murderer's hand had pressed upon that swinging panel, had quested in vain for the incriminating documents or letters which had been the basis of Nita's blackmail scheme, had deposited upon the shelf the gun and silencer with which the murder had been accomplished, and had later retrieved the weapon in perfect safety. "'a hand loosely wrapped in a handkerchief "'or protected by a glove. "'The hand of a cunning, careful, cold-blooded murderer. "'Or murderess. "'But who? Who?' "'Bonnie Dundee, brooding at his desk "'in the living room of his small apartment, "'reflected bitterly that he was no nearer "'the answer to that question "'than he had been an hour after Nita Selim's death. "'Well, my dear Watson,' he addressed his caged parrot, "'finally,' What do you say? Who killed Nita Selim? The parrot stirred on his perch, thrust out his hooked beak to nip his master's prodding finger, then disdainfully turned his back. I don't blame you, Captain. Dundee chuckled. You must be as sick of that question as I am. And what a pity it ever had to be asked. If the murderer had not been so hasty, or so pressed for time, that he really could not wait to listen to Nita, he would have learned from Nita herself that she had decided to be a very good girl, and had burned the papers, all because she was genuinely in love with Ralph Hammond. One comfort we have, my dear Watson, the murderer still does not know that Nita burned the papers Friday night, sooner or later when he believes police vigilance has been relaxed. He'll go prowling about that house, and to Captain Strawn, who doesn't take the slightest stock in my theory, will go credit for the arrest. Unless... Dundee reached for a telegraph form, and again scanned the penciled message. Only that afternoon had it occurred to him to ask the telegraph company for a copy of the wire by which Dexter Sprague, according to his own story, had been summoned to Hamilton by Nita Selim the manager had been obliging and had looked up the message and copied it with his own hand it was a night letter and had been filed in hamilton april twenty fourth the third day after nita's arrival addressed to dexter sprague at a hotel in the theatrical district new york city the message read everything jake so far but would feel safer you hear? chamber of commerce planning booster movie founding and development of hamilton looking good "'Director, why not try for job as good excuse, all my love, Nita?' "'Dundee laid the paper on his desk, locked his hands behind his head, and addressed the parrot again. "'The habit of using the bird for an audience, and as an excuse for puzzling and mulling aloud, "'had grown on him during the year he had owned the dotty old captain. "'As I was about to say, my dear Watson,' Captain Strawn's boys, out at the Selim house, will have the chance to nab our man, or woman, unless Dexter Sprague ignores my warning, pretends to have the papers himself, and tries to carry on the blackmail scheme, which he undoubtedly knew all about, and which, most probably, he encouraged Nita to undertake. The friend, she had to consult, you know, before she decided to accept Lois Dunlop's offer. The parrot interrupted with a hoarse cackle. "'Have you gone over to the enemy, Captain?' "'Dundee reproved the bird. "'You sound exactly like Strawn when he laughed at my interpretation of this message this afternoon. "'My late chief contends—and it is just possible, of course, that he is right—that "'Nita was afraid she couldn't swing the job of organizing and directing Lois's little theatre and wanted Sprague here, both as lover and unofficial assistant. "'But that's a pretty thin explanation, don't you think, my dear Watson?' "'Oh, all right, laugh, damn you, but I'd feel better if Strawn had taken my advice "'and set a dick to trail Sprague, to see that he keeps out of mischief. "'All this, however, gets us no nearer to answering that eternal question. "'Who?' "'With a deep sigh, the troubled young special investigator reached for the timetable "'he had drafted from his notes made during the grisly replaying of the death-handed bridge, "'and scanned it again. "'5.20.' FLORA MILES, DUMMY, TABLE number 1, LEAVES LIVING-ROOM TO TELEPHONE. 522. CLIVE HAMMOND ARRIVES AND GOES DIRECTLY INTO SOLARIUM. 523. END OF RUBBER AT TABLE number 1, PLAYERS, Polly Beale, Janet Raymond, Lois Dunlop, FLORA MILES, DUMMY, Polly Beale LEAVES LIVING-ROOM TO JOIN CLIVE HAMMOND IN SOLARIUM. 524. Janet Raymond LEAVES ROOM, SAYS SHE WENT STRAIGHT TO FRONT PORCH. Tracy Miles, Park's car at curb, walks up to the house, hangs up hat in clothes closet, and, at his estimate, 5.27. Miles enters living room, talks with Nita, who, as dummy, has just laid down her cards at table number two. Players Karen Marshall, Penny Crane, Carolyn Drake. 5.28. Nita leaves the living room, goes to her bedroom to make up. 5.28. Half. Lois Dunlop and Miles go into dining room Miles to make cocktails. 531. Judge Marshall enters living room, interrupts bridge game. 533. John C. Drake enters living room, having walked from country club, which he says he left at 510 and which is only three quarters of a mile from the Selim house. 536. Karen finishes playing of hand, and Dexter Sprock and Janet Raymond enter from front porch, proceeding into dining-room. 5.37. Penny Crane finishes scoring, and Karen leaves room to tell Nita the score. 5.38. Karen screams upon discovering the dead body at the dressing-table. Dundee laid aside the typed sheet and reached for another, the typing of which was perfect, since Penny's efficient fingers had manipulated the keys when he had telephoned to the office just before five o'clock monday afternoon to see if anything had come up dundee had learned from penny that peter dunlop had issued an informal call to the crowd for a meeting at his home that evening you're going of course dundee had asked then during the discussion of the case i wish you'd try to get the answers to some questions which need clearing up if you can do so without getting yourself in dutch with your friends Fine got a pencil? Here goes.' And now he was rereading the report she had conscientiously written and left on his desk Tuesday morning. Peter, declaring he wanted to get at the bottom of this case, presided almost like a judge on the bench, and asked nearly every question he wanted the answer to. Everyone in the crowd adores gruffled Peter, and no one dreamed of resenting his barrage of questions. What a detective he would make. First, Janet admitted that she did not go directly to the front porch when she left the living room after her table finished the last rubber, went first to the hall laboratory to comb her hair and renew her makeup. said she was there alone about five minutes, then went to the front porch. Revised her story after Tracy had said he did not see her on the porch when he arrived. Second, Judge Marshall said he glanced into the living room when he arrived, saw Karen, Carolyn, and me absorbed in our game, and went on down the hall to hang up his hat and stick. Proceeded immediately to the living room. Third, John Drake told Peter he entered the front hall and passed on to the laboratory to wash up, felt sticky after his walk from the country club, hung up hat in the guest closet, went to living room within three minutes after reaching the house. Fourth, Polly and Clive told Peter that they stayed together in the solarium the whole time, stationed at a front window, watching for Ralph. When Peter asked them if they could confirm Judge Marshall's story and Johnny Drake's story, they said they had seen them both arrive, but had paid no attention to them after they were in the house. It occurred to Peter, too, to wonder if either Polly or Clive went to Nita's room to warn her that Ralph knew about Sprague's having slept the night before in the upstairs bedroom. They both denied emphatically that they had done so. Fifth, Judge Marshall, the pompous old darling, still smarting under the insinuations you made about him, and Nita, right after the murder, volunteered the information to Peter that Nita had not paid her rent, on the plea that she was short of funds, and that he had told her to let it go until it was quite convenient. Sixth, the word blackmail was not mentioned, and Johnny Drake because of professional ethics, I suppose, did not tell about Nita's two deposits of five thousand dollars each in his bank. Seventh, the secret shelf in the foyer closet was not mentioned. Peter's verdict, after he got through with us, was that only Sprague could have done it, using the gun and silencer which Nita herself had stolen from Hugo i couldn't tell him that you are convinced that lydia's alibi for him is a genuine one for apparently lydia hasn't told either flora or tracy that she was able to furnish sprague an alibi and that's all except that peter asked me to convey to you his apologies for his rudeness monday afternoon penelope crane with a deep sigh dundee laid penny's report aside and that does seem to be all my dear watson he told the parrot exactly half a dozen possible suspects and not an atom of actual evidence against one of them except that judge marshall owned the gun six count 'em: judge marshall john drake flora miles clive hammond polly beale janet raymond every single one of them a possible victim of blackmail, since the girls all attended the Foresight School, where Nita directed the Easter play for two years, and since the men make several trips a year to New York. Six people, all of whom probably knew the existence of the secret shelf, six people who knew Nita was in her bedroom, either from having seen her go, or from hearing her powder box tinkling its damnable tune. "'Yes, Penny, you're right,' that's all, so far as Hamilton is concerned. If Sanderson won't let me go to New York, which is where this damn business started, I'll resign and go out on my own without wasting another day here. But Dundee did not go to New York the next morning. He was far too busy in Hamilton. End of chapter 20